Today on Gamerhead Radio, we had plans, big plans for this week. None of those plans came to fruition. So instead, here's the blacklisted edition. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Welcome to Gamerhead Radio. I am Jonathan Santiago, a.k.a. Fallon Flynn. Morbius for villains! Come on! And I'm the other guy, Goat. (laughs) And that's it, man. There is no Charlie in the studio this week. An unprecedented no Charlie show. Also, though, there is no villains. (laughs) You'll notice. Yeah, we were were supposed to have, uh, you know, the remainder of my band and uh, my brother on this week, but... uh, uh, due to circumstances beyond everybody's control, um, they weren't able to make it in this week. And so we're going to push that show to next week. So anybody was looking forward to hearing them on the show this week, if you're not, they will be here next week. Um, and I, I can only shudder to to think what's going to come out of everybody's mouths uh, at that time. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because we're going to have them coming back from a con and Charlie coming back from a con. Yep. Two very it's different gonna, cons. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's going yeah, to be ugly. Um, so yeah, for those of you that aren't in the know, uh, Mr. Charlie Technotronicorn Worthley is not here because he is, uh, he's, <laughs> what you For got? the first time ever, literally in the history of this show, Charlie is yes, not here. Yes, Since he joined, so, so background, Charlie was not on the first handful of episodes of Gamerhead Radio when it was just you and mm-hmm. Mike. Like he came in about, mm, let's see, five months in. About five months in. So after that point, but since that mm-hmm. point, he has not not been on this show. This is the first time the show has not had Charlie. Um, so we're going to do our best to not steer this flaming vehicle <laughs> right into a ditch and kill everybody involved. Says you. <laughs> Says you. I know. I should, Charlie not here to, to bring pony warmth and joy to everybody. You know, God. This knows might be a happen. sinister episode. <laughs> it might be a sinister episode. Let's see if we can uh, keep our, our lids on or not. Um, tell me about your week, man. Uh, busy as all sin. Uh, recording the album today, working like 60-some hours at the day job. Um, that's about it, really. I mean, I, I'm, I'm shocked that I got any sort of gaming time in somewhere. <laughs> I, had a, um, I had a busy, busy damn week. Um, it's still finals. It's like two, two weeks of finals, and then I get like two weeks off, and then it's another final, and then I'm done for the semester. And then I'll stop talking about school and start doing things that don't suck because um, it's been something else, man. I had to take a three-hour exam the other day, and the whole time all I could think was is I just really want some beer <laughs> at this time, but I'm not going to do that. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time playing. I did have some rehearsal stuff with, uh, with with villains this week because even though I couldn't appear at Daishokan this week, um, you know, I had to train uh, what we, we jokingly call our fill-in Flynn. <laughs> hey, wow. It's wow. embarrassing, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's dad joke. That could go either way. That could be dad joke or really inappropriate joke. It's true. Gross. It's really gross. I don't. I don't want anybody to fill in my skin, <laughs> as it were. Um, but the yeah, I had to work with a person who was who was going to be um performing in my stead, um at Daishokan, and so I went out, rehearsed, and did that, and it was a good time. It's nice to strap the guitar back on. I haven't played in a, a little bit. I've been taking a bit of a break, like everybody else in the band. So it's been good to kind of. Knock the proverbial rust off, as it were. Um, but other than that, I did I did manage to play um, quite a bit uh, this week, more than I, I thought I would have time for, and I actually managed to finish something. God help me, amazing. Um, that's, that, and, that's, uh, it's becoming quite the sad thing is when we like we are the three of us are busy as like the three of us have the schedules of seventeen people, yes, normal people. Yes. 
And it's becoming to the point now where it's almost sad when we're like, oh my God, we finished something because yeah, it's I mean, that rare. A lot of people, I don't think everybody realizes how how busy we get on a weekly basis in general. But even since I started the show in January, everybody that is a part of the show has become exponentially more busy in their personal lives than, than when I first started even. So it's um, <clears throat> we marvel weekly that we're able to produce... Um, Super fresh new content for you guys every week. It's exciting. It's fun though. But um, Charlie, most of all, poor Charlie is just like the busiest human being I know right now. Um, you but, know. It, but it is all. It, it's our own faults. It's true. You know, <laughs> stupid rock and roll <laughs> and ponies. You? It's and, rock and roll and ponies yeah, rock and or roll rock and roll ponies. ponies. Anyway, strange contradiction, isn't it? Um, I don't know how. Honestly, the more I think about it, I don't know how the three of us even know where our councils are. Some weeks. Man, I got oh my god, my son, my son has figured out that he can turn my Xbox off. I was in the middle, I was playing Transformers. <laughs> yes, I was waiting for this day, and he walked up and he's got this <laughs> thing. When he's curious, he goes, uh. Uh-huh. and I hear that's the last thing I heard before the screen went black. <laughs> I was like, uh. and I was like, fuck. <laughs> And then I remembered that it was in a save state there because, you know, I've got it set so that it resumes. And he probably just turned around and went, what? Well, I didn't, I didn't scream fuck at my one-year-old. I instead looked at him and I went, son, why? And he just looked at me and pointed at it. And I was just like, well, I'm sure you're punishing me for something I did. Or something I'm going to do in the future. Time to move the electronics That's up That's it. Actually, I told Megan, I'm going to move this thing up a couple of shelves because he's figured out he can turn that off and he's figured out how to reach the button on the TV. So sometimes we're in the middle of watching movies. Or I'm in the middle of play. It's worse when he turns it off I'm in the middle of a game, especially if I'm playing something online or like... Playing Halo and you're like flying. Yeah, he turns the fucking thing off and I'm just like... Ah! You got Ryan in your ear going, what are you doing? What are you doing? I can't see. I can't, I can't see. see. I can't. What is going on? It has happened while I was playing with Ryan, too, where we're in the middle of playing Halo Online on Legendary, and he shuts the damn TV off. It's not good. It's not good to, to not be able to see the screen on Legendary. So, so speaking of games, John, uh, what's coming out this week? It is a, uh, a bleak, bleak game we, uh, release week. Wait, wait, you're going to tell me that the week of Thanksgiving, at the end of the huge holiday push, is not just overfilling with game releases? Yes, yes. No, it's barren and dry and just Much like Fallout tragic. 4. So... No, well, I don't. I want tragic, maybe. I mean, it is, but it's supposed to be pretty fun. I'm sure you're going to tell us about how fun it is. Um, coming out this week, November 24th, Beyond Two Souls is getting an HD re-release for the PlayStation 4, which I think is very exciting news. Please tell me it's not the definitive edition. I, they're not calling it a definitive edition. Thank they're you. just calling it Beyond Two Souls, released on the PlayStation I, 4, which better. is good. Yeah, yeah, but I, I didn't. I am a huge Quantic Dream fan, and yeah. I did not get an opportunity to play this while it was out because I am in the same camp. The power supply on my PlayStation Three burnt out while I was halfway through Nino Cooney, which I still haven't finished, which makes me sad when I think about it. So I'm going to move on. Um, but I'm looking forward to this coming out on PS4. But GameStop Black Friday will solve your problem. That's true. <laughs> don't don't shop at GameStop. <laughs> um, Dynasty Warriors Eight Empires is going to be coming out on the Vita, also on November 24th. Uh, Minecraft Story Mode Episode 3, The Last Place You Look, coming out on Xbox One, 360, PS4, PS3, PC, iOS, and Android. Um, you you had kind of mentioned before we started recording that you felt like maybe you missed an episode yeah. in there. Yeah, I don't remember Episode 2 coming out. That I don't either. That's the thing is is that normally Telltale's got these really like staggered release dates for I'm their episodes. do some research on that because uh, if that's the case, then I'm two in the hole. Unless it's a typo, but I'm pretty sure it is what it is. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, and then that's going to be out on the 24th of November as well. And then uh, Tesla grad also on the 24th of November for the Vita. Uh, yay, a, a name for a Vita game that we can actually pronounce and say Tesla. Actually, uh, Tesla Grad, I, I played that on PS4. It's really interesting. Yeah, what, what kind of game is it? Uh, it's a side-scroller. It's kind of got that uh, Dash Mega Man kind of feel I was talking about one week. Um, yeah. It's very very artsy, like, looking. Hmm. So, it's like, like hand-painted, cel-shaded style? Uh, somewhere between there? Somewhere more of, like, earthbound looking. Right on. So... Pixely, hand drawn type. Yeah, kind of, you know, like flush, but retro. I don't know. I'm horrible so, with those styles. Anybody who was hoping for <clears throat> anything else besides that for releases this week, you get nothing. You stole fizzy lifting drink. <laughs> Good day, sir. Um, well, no, at this point, at this point of the game, personally, I don't want any more. My wallet mm. is already crying. And then this week I don't have to buy any games, and I can go Black Friday shopping and pick up the uh, fill the loose holes that I don't have. I am well, I'm with you. I'm well behind on anything <laughs> that I need to get finished, and um, I have about four things I want to finish by the end of the year, and that's just not going to happen um, for a multitude of reasons, which I will talk about uh, coming up when we discuss what it is uh, that we played this week. Goat, what was it that you played this week? Well, everybody's gonna think Fallout Four, and you would be wrong. Surprising. Very surprising. Yes. Congratulations on being able to break free from the grasp, the icy cold grip of I, Fallout 4. I, I, but no, I, not really. Um, I had every intentions to continue my little trek through the wasteland, but um, I end up getting suckered into uh, house sitting. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, none of the events that previously been mentioned in this show have to do with this. No, uh, <laughs> no ponies. Yeah, no nothing like that. So, um, and, and so here's the thing. Uh-huh. Until now, I never noticed that the Xbox One doesn't have a cloud service like the Xbox 360 does. Mm, uh, or, in that case, I went to take my save file and put it on a flash drive, and I went to the manage game, and I went to, yes, save data, and it gave me one option to delete it, and I beat out of that menu so fast that mm, I yeah, no, swear to God, the sound that. barrier was broken. So... And with the Chicago weather as it is, we just went through a snowstorm. It's been 60 and snowing in the same week here. Yes, yes, we did. Um, so, which I'd like to say on a side note, fuck <laughs> you, Mother Nature, you tawdry bastard. It's a week before Thanksgiving in Chicago, John. I, I just, mm, <laughs> I, I, I'll never get is, used is, to it. Is Mississippi hate... blood boil when the first snow comes in no, every year? No, it doesn't, it doesn't boil. <laughs> it just makes me want to drink myself to death from depression. I hate <laughs> snow. But anyways, so with all that going on, I decided to leave my, my Fallout game safely on my console. Out of the elements, and completely sidestep what could possibly turn into catastrophe. Mm-hmm. So in that, that I went the complete opposite route, and I played a lot of Guitar Hero Live this week and a lot of Rock Band Four this week. Jesus Christ! I mean, you really like so that that puts you in a position to have had like <laughs> I've had some. I've, I've got a very good grasp on both. On now. both now, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So so let's 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 go into that. Let's talk about that. Okay. Rock Band Four. When mm-hmm. we played it last, um, when we were here with Charlie. We didn't. We played a handful of tracks. We kind of ascertained that not really much was different about the game mm-hmm. uh, on a presentation level, but we didn't get to do any of the like character customization or any of the personalization yeah. and stuff like the that. career side play of with it. Any of that stuff? Yeah, I've been actually working on the career side of it, and there are some notable changes on that side. Um, the character create kind of weak now. Like they've gotten one thing is they got rid of the super long goatee as a, a as the uh, beginning character. You can usually get that. 
uh, I'm stuck with something. I'm surprised you didn't <clears throat> take the disc out and throw it right out the window at that point. Yeah, it's a rented or borrowed. <laughs> <laughs> if it were mine, it'd be in pieces. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but there's that. Um, I mean, it's the same thing there. It's the same, you know, like the same same idea. You start a career, you start at the bottom, you work your way up. Now, here's where the weird and fun change comes in. So you get options now of two words you can take. And like uh, the last one I just finished, um, you could either take an RV Right, upgrade your van to an RV yeah. and go that route and get more fans and do it the organic way that you and me both loathe and know well. Yes, yes. <laughs> or I could uh, a art director was interested in my band and he was uh, he will not travel in RV, um, but he will uh, completely restylize the band and more money. And so and there's two different I mean, there's two different tours, so it's like I think it was like three cities a piece, so it's six different cities that you go to, which means six different songs you could possibly play the other thing is with the the organic route you can pick your own set list with yeah. with the corporate route you vote on a set list interesting so i thought it was kind of a cool twist and uh, very realistic yeah i mean in that <laughs> regard it's pretty literal yeah um do you now that you've had more hands on time mm. with with Rock Band Four. Do mm-hmm. you do you feel like it's a it's a purchase? Do you feel like anybody who was expecting something new or different? If you like Rock Band Four, I mean, or if, if you like Rock Band, um, and that's your preferred, like, uh, whatever if you, you know, whatever more plastic music rhythm game. Yeah, yeah, if you have more, whatever you have more plastic investments in, <laughs> go that route. Yeah, I mean, like if you're a Rock Band person, stick with Rock Band. It's it's there's enough little changes there. That I mean, neither one really rocks the boat. I mean, Guitar Hero rocks the boat a lot more, but in a different way. Like, but no new surprises for Rock Band Four. No, not really. Other than that, I mean, it's just subtle stuff. It's it's like we said, direct sequel, no no wildness. Just Fair it's enough. a four for a reason. So on the on the other end of that, then when we played Guitar Hero live, mm-hmm. um, we all we all seemed to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. We all seem to like the changes they made in the mechanics, but we didn't really get a lot of hands-on time with it. We got maybe, maybe fifteen minutes a piece. Yeah, we had a little, you little know, with it. tasting. <laughs> yeah, and then you know we all we kind of went through a bunch of the different modes and watched mm-hmm. like the music video mode yeah. and like the live streaming mode. That's almost like like what if Pandora was like a music video channel mm-hmm. and it just randomly selected songs for you to play, which yeah. is kind of a neat feature. Um, so you've had a lot more hands-on time with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. What are your um, thoughts? Well, first things first, I beat career mode. <laughs> In two hours. Five, that is short. Yes. Holy uh, shit. Well, you remember when we played and they had those, the concerts? Yeah. The blue and the red ones, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Once you finish those, that's career mode. Because I was like, I, I finished the red ones, I was like, oh, go do the blue ones. Yeah, whatever, the English version is the blue version. They have an American version and an English version of both. Huh. Uh, and I was like, all right, cool. And I went and did the English version, right? And then it unlocks like the mega final show. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then we'll move on, right? And it was like, thanks. I'm like, <laughs> and it's like achievement. You beat career mode. So it was like, like a real show. You're like, like, clearly they're gonna yeah. come out and do a five song encore. Yeah. They're like, get out, the lights are on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, was, it was like, thanks for stopping by, and I had to pop to the little achievement. It's like you, you know, completed uh, Guitar Hero Live uh, career mode. And I was like, I did. The fuck do you say? Like what? Huh? All right. Well, I guess that's done. So where's the replay value in it then? It's it's all on the live part of it. Like it's aptly titled. So I, I of course I'm done with that. So I go over to the Guitar Hero TV. Yeah, that is where the meat and potatoes is, and this is where the focus is, and it's actually really cool. And once this you is get into the section it. with the music video. Yes, right? this yeah. is the whole like that. Str- it's a channel, and you just or a, several channels, but there's a free channel that I was tuning into, and you just jump into it. 
Literally, you can jump into it and you're like, oh, I like this song, that's cool. If you don't want to play that song, you put your guitar down and it just keeps going without you. And so you, it's not really like you can't fail it like the the stage show type No, but you, um, the thing is, is the more you complete the song, the more points you get, which turns into coins, which buys you plays. Oh. And plays are whatever you want. You know, okay. you can, you, you pay for like, you know, whatever you, yours, I want to play this song that costs, you know, fake currency, in-game currency. Um... But then at the same time, it's like an awesome party game because you can just let it run all night, and it's your DJ. And if you want to play along with it and sing with it, yeah, so you can just you can you jump can in and let jump it out, play in the background, music yeah. going, or you can walk up to it and pick it up. And yeah, and every thirty yeah. minutes, it changes the the, the station. Oh, so I played okay. for about an hour and a half. I played um, what was it? Essential, Essential Riffs was one of them, and it was like the top forty crap, most played, uh, which is the most played on on the network that yeah. everybody's playing. Yeah, and then uh, I ended up uh, the last half hour was Essential Metal. Right on. And it just keeps, you know, it's... it's See, I dig that, man. Yeah, like it's, it's rolling and rotating like yeah. that. That's pretty cool. It's almost like, um, you know, like serious radio, you know, yeah. you just, you, oh, and the next, you know, the next show on is this. Uh, that see, was really cool. It, it, it's kind of hard for me because after you describe it that way and, and what I know of it, having played a little bit of it, I, I almost feel like it would be difficult if I had to make a choice between... Guitar Hero Live and Rock Band 4. I almost feel like I, I don't think I could spend the money on Rock Band 4 at this point because there's been no growth, no advancement mm-hmm. there. I did and find myself enjoying the changes and the, the the newness of the Guitar Hero Live. Like the six buttons, Yeah, uh, it's a lot more natural. Yeah. A lot more natural. Except I don't, I, my pinky needs to be used. If they would have eight-buttoned it, that would have been perfect. What but. a bass player. What a bass <laughs> player thing to say, goat. <laughs> Fucking pinky, might as well chop it off. Not using it for anything. <laughs> Feed it to the dog. No, I'm saying I missed it. They need to have eight <laughs> buttons on that. Fair enough. Um, and it, but it's more natural. And the cordings, right? You know, they actually have C chords. They actually have version of a D chord uh, yeah. on there. And it was it was more enjoyable. Like I found myself. You know, and I play, play, the only thing that would be nice is if they had the bass in there. That'd yeah, be, of course, of course. You know, personal be, preference. Then they'd be speaking to your soul. Yes, but I. Uh, but I played a whole bunch of guitar parts. I played the, the guitar line for Limelight by Rush. What, that was fucking strange beyond belief. Like right it, on. I'm trying to play along with what I know, yeah, being the bass right, line. Yeah, I'm like, this... different. Yeah, and I'm over here like, this jackass isn't even close to what the hell's going on. Yeah. Like, what is this guitarist doing? Alice Lifeson's <laughs> over here in like the corner, like just whacking off. I'm like, ah, fucking guitarist. <laughs> well, that's it. Getty Lee gets no love. Yeah, but uh, it, was, it was fun. It was, yeah. I, I preferred that one. Even as being a bass player and playing guitar, I still prefer... Uh, Guitar Hero Live of the two. Fair enough. So uh, this wasn't this wasn't your copy. To be fair, this was Charlie's copy. Right. Mm-hmm. Now that you've played what you have, especially since you completed the sort of story mode uh, for it, the campaign mode, I guess. Yeah. Would you Would you be willing to invest in it going forward, or do you feel like now that you played what you played, you kind of kind of got all you needed out of it? No, actually, I would invest in it just for the sheer fact of like Guitar Hero Live takes all the bullshit out. All right. Uh-huh. You're like, you know, you've been there. Yep. Oh, I want to play a music rhythm game. Then you get in there and you're like, all right, now to pick a song. Blah, 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 blah. Damn it, what song do I want to play? <laughs> this, this, I'm like, click, I want to play. Ding, you can play this. Now. Okay. And it does all the guesswork for you. And it's, you click in for 20 minutes, you click in for two days. It's just, it's very, uh, very casual. At the same time, it's very satisfying. You know, you can just plug in for... You yeah, know. just just play it as long yeah, as you want like, to. Yeah, drop yeah. in, drop out. Yeah. yeah, and you don't have to worry about picking your songs. It's, uh, that's all that shit's handled. You literally just go, yeah. I have a guitar. All right, I'm done with this. Yeah, and I'm done with this, and you move on. It's very, it's very 
literally plug and play, which is awesome. I like that idea. Very good, very good. Did you play anything so, else this week? That is it. That's what'd you, it? Yeah, what'd you play? I played a lot of stuff this week. <laughs> um, uh, what did I play? I, I finished uh, Transformers Devastation last night, actually. Any more weirdness? Yeah, man. I, like, I got, I've got so many strange feelings on this game. I don't know. There are a lot of things that I feel like I should be pissed off about because it's... First of all, I'll say this outright. It is... They're not charging 60 for it retail. I think most places are charging 50 for it. So a little Ooh. bit less than trailers. Yeah. But it's not a $50 game. It's maybe a $30 game. Maybe a 30 It's a $30 game, you know. I'll say it's is a it, $30 is game. Is it a strong 30 or is it a... Yeah. It's a 30 <laughs> I'm not going to say it's strong, but it's a 30 all right? It's a $30 game. It's uh. It it's comprised of seven levels, and each level is broken into like five or six sections, and like five or six missions yeah. comprise like level one, and then level two has five or six missions, and so on. The narrative is paper thin, but they were trying to model it after like Generation One television show Transformers, which the narrative a lot, was paper of, thin. lot of Transformers fans <laughs> love Transformers the movie, the mm-hmm. animated movie, yeah. not the fucking Michael Bay movie, the animated movie, and like nineteen eighty three yeah, animated it's movie eighty six is when is when that one came right. out. I'm a big fan of that movie. So a lot of people love that movie, mm-hmm. but a lot of people who like that movie or have seen it that didn't watch the TV show don't realize that before that, the first, I think, two seasons of Transformers were really stupid. Like It was like it had as much depth as like an episode of Scooby-Doo where like every week Megatron showed up and went, eh, and they were like, yeah, eh, and then he's like, I'll be back next week. Yeah, you know? Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, it was very, very thin. And then the movie came out and sort of changed the dynamic. And then from there, the TV show was more about like episodic storytelling. And so this game tries to follow that template and, and put together like episodic storytelling for a Transformers game. But the narrative is really thin. And I get the impression that there was probably more planned for this game and more that they wanted in because it starts out, um, which this seems to happen a lot with Platinum Games uh, and the stuff that they put out. It starts out more feeling like there's more to it. More is going to unfold. More is going to unfold. And then about halfway through, by the time I got to like chapter four, which is only about two and a half hours into the game, all of a sudden it starts f- fucking flying by. It's just like a series of <laughs> boss fights toward the end. Like, and the sort of open world nature of it in yeah. the first like two or three chapters kind of goes away and you're just zipping from corridor to corridor. Um, there's really not a lot of game there. But what's so like confusing about it is it's fun. Like it's fun to play. And I, I mean, I st- I'm not going to, not ashamed to admit that I stood there for the first like <laughs> there were periods for the first two or three hours I played where I would just stand there and transform because I like the sound of it, <laughs> which is so sounds so fucking stupid when I said I was. But every time I transform, I was like, I'm like, and then Megan walks by me and looks at me with that I'm gonna leave you thing, and I just chuckle at her and then I keep going. And but it's there were a lot of things I liked about it. The combat, like Platinum Games, their combat systems are always really good. You know, um, they did uh, Metal Gear Rising, you know, and they did, um, I believe they're responsible for the Bayonetta games too. Like they're, they're known for having good like action-based combat systems and this is no exception, but it feels like there could have been more or that maybe there was more planned for it. Um, so they, they basically made a triangle game? Yeah, it's just, it's, I'm not sure where the disconnect is. I almost feel like maybe they had more game there, but that they, they needed it out. I feel like it was a time crunch that killed them. If they had another year to develop this game, it wouldn't have been an, uh, uh, an entertaining game, which is what I'm calling it. It would have been an outstanding game. The, probably the Transformers game that Transformers fans have been waiting for. Yeah. Um, 
closest that we've gotten. Although I still I still think the High Moon Studios Transformers like War for Cybertron and uh, no, those were excellent. Those were great <laughs> games. I like I like them a lot. They're not as deep as those games to give you an idea of how shallow this is on a storytelling level. Okay. Um, so this is kind of a throwback to like. Like retro games. Well, it, that's it. They it's, slapped a Transformers name on a game, and they're like, "See, Transformers game." Well, yeah, no, it's 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 a good game, and it's yeah. certainly more well intended. The music and everything is very like of that era, mm. and you know, kind of cheesy power metal-y and eighties, and you know, it, it works, it works. But um, there were a couple of sequences in there, combat sequences where you were supposed to be flying through space while you were fighting at one point, and it was nauseating, and the camera was terrible. <laughs> it was really hard to to get through the sequences. They also had like an odd like inventory item system in the game, but they didn't really explain how to use a lot of the stuff in it. So um, it wasn't until halfway through the game that I figured out I could buy these items that will basically act like a phoenix down and bring you back to life when you die. <laughs> and about half, a little past halfway, maybe three quarters of the way in, the difficulty on normal spiked to like an unreasonable level. There was one boss fight I did 18 times before I finished it. Was there any warning? Just like out of nowhere? No, it was. It shouldn't have even been that hard of a boss fight. It's just at the end they started throwing shitloads of guys at you all at once, and they would all attack you at once. So you had to be really quick. There's like a countering system. So it sounds like you get the beginning and the end of the game, and they just nipped the middle and smashed together. For they you. did. They did. It was really strange, and it's funny because like I don't hate the game. I enjoyed it because if I don't like a game, I'll stop playing it. Like I won't finish it. I enjoyed the game enough to get through it. Um, I almost walked away after that 18 boss battle go around where I was just like, it's not worth my time. I'm sitting here for an hour and a half. I get so little time yeah. to sit down and devote yeah. to playing and, and, a game and, 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 that when I do it, I don't want to spend it playing the same yeah. thing over and over and over and over and over. Um, I almost quit, saw it through. If I had to rate it on like a one to 10 scale, I would give it a, I want to say a seven. It probably deserves closer to like a six and a half. <laughs> Um, so that point five fanboy, the combat saved it, and the the look of everything they nailed the feel of Transformers. Mm. But the level design is questionable. Um, it was way too short for the asking price, and the um, you know the 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 difficulty was really strange. They they made some strange decisions with the camera in the game too. It was really odd. Huh. Um, I played some more Tomb Raider. Uh, not a lot, not enough to really say much different about it other than uh, reading Tomb, stealing shit. Oh, look, there's a dead guy. You know, like, it's just more Tomb Raider. Watch out for that bear. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you hooking it up, man. That's what happens when you get musicians in the studio together. I'm surprised uh, I'm surprised that with, with me and you and Charlie, we haven't written a record yet. Yeah, or of, bar, at least a barbershop quartet. That's right. Oh, God, don't tempt me, man. That would be the well, most trio, I guess. awesome <laughs> thing ever. Um, played some Tomb Raider. It's, it's good. I like it. Still kind of feel like maybe I like the first one better a little more, um, but it's is, this, is this the sophomore slump? Uh, it's too early for me to tell. Okay. You know, I spent a little bit of time finishing that uh, Transformers that I probably could have spent on Tomb Raider, but I wanted to get Transformers out of the way. Um, Mad Max has come back into my hands, so I, I'm playing that again um, from where I left off. As you should. Yeah, <laughs> nothing new to report there either. I'm just trying to get through it, just moseying on through. Um I am two little side missions away from finishing uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, blah, 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 Ground Zeroes. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. And if, if what, from what I've been told, a lot of people didn't like Ground Zeroes. So if I like this, I have a feeling that once I start Phantom Pain, um, I'll, be, I'll be pretty happy with it. I mean, I haven't, I'm not starting anything else. The reason I'm trying to finish all of what I'm playing right now is because 
I have phantom pain. It is in my possession. Uh, You're clearing your schedule for the pain. I look, man. I know <laughs> that once I uncork that bottle, it's I'm, it's going to be rough, man. I'm going to be playing that for a while, so that's going to get my undivided attention. And uh, Mr. Ryan on uh, one time uh, B Squad co-host. Um, he'll be back. Oh, he'll be back. <laughs> um, purchased it for me for my birthday. He was nice enough to what give me the collector's soul? edition with the little fake arm, and you know, which was which is rad. Um, but I just haven't started it. Um, played a, more Halo 5 uh, with Ryan, actually. We're still playing on Legendary. We are probably an hour and a half from finishing the game, maybe two. Wow. It's taking us a lot longer to get through this than it should because it's supposed to be a pretty short game because, A, our schedules don't line up all the time, mm-hmm. and, B, we're playing it on Legendary, so we die a lot. I mean, we Ryan and I are pretty comfortable with first-person shooters. But this one is taking us a long time because of the difficulty level. It is really fucking hard. But like unfair hard, though. Like broken hard. Well, yeah. It's called Legendary for a reason. No, nah, we've played Legendary on every other Halo game we've pretty much finished or nearly together. And this is like... The scales are against snipers you. Snipers have... Like you poke your head out from behind a rock mm. and you're instantly... It's an instant headshot. They kill you in one shot. Well, they're snipers. No, no. not <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain, but if, if anybody else is playing it on Legendary out there, let me know if you, you feel the same way. I'm, I mean, we're having a blast with it. I'm not complaining. It just takes us longer because yeah. we're, we're dying a lot. Yeah. Um, Death slows you down. Yeah, yeah. They, they put in a couple of the missing game types for the multiplayer in Halo that a lot of people were complaining about, and um, I'm happy to say they put Big Team Battle back in. I'm unhappy to say that it's crap. <laughs> Um, I was so I was hoping maybe that would change my opinion on no. Halo's multiplayer. But I mean, as of this week, I'm going to stop talking about Halo's multiplayer. I'm going to call it dead in the water. It's yeah. just not. As, uh, I think I think we could probably put a stamp of John's disapproval. I was waiting on that. <laughs> I was trying, and and I'm, that was your glimmer of hope, yeah, and they just yeah. shit on your bed. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people are having fun with it, and I'm really glad for the people that are, um, you know, because I'm sure they're getting their money's worth out of it. But for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. Halo Five has been the biggest disappointment of 2015 for me. That's Easily. good. That's good. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts my soul. Uh, Hunt the Truth did not... Uh, Hunt the Truth was better than the game. <laughs> so, you guys called that. You and Charlie both called I that. I hoped it wasn't, man. I, hope it, I hoped it was a portent of things to come. It was not, and that's part of the problem is that their marketing was better than the game. And oh, they've been kind of upfront about the fact that their marketing kind of lied about the game a little bit. Well, it's Halo. It's the Halo 5, really, <sighs> guys. Actually, it's like, what, Halo 8? Yeah. Halo 4 wasn't bad. Halo yeah, but 3 I'm saying, was pretty good. Let's see. Let's see. It's, eight, it's Halo 8, isn't it? With OST, blah, 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 and then there's... The, the... Uh, Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3, ODST, uh, Reach, Halo 4, and Halo 5. So technically Halo it's 7. 7, if you don't count like Halo Wars and um, the little Spartan, little the little 3 fourths overhead one. I can never remember what it's called. Oh, like Spartan Chronicles or whatever yeah, they call it. Yeah. And then... Um, no, like true Halo. This is yeah, like I think the, the seventh, seventh one technically in the series. So, like they they've they've they they had to hit the 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 you know the the water table at some point yeah. here. Like but honestly, on an emotional level, Reach is still probably the best Halo game. Hmm. Yeah, you know. But uh, I, I'm not gonna say I won't play Halo games going forward. But I'm gonna I'm going to as the same way that I did approach with caution assassin's creed this year which i have not purchased and still have not played which is a mm-hmm. first for me i'm a big supporter of that series or have halo's been, so going on the halo is now on the, the proceed with like, caution the, list yep, it's on my shit list <laughs> so a lot of things are finding their way on my shit list this year i think my tastes in gaming are starting to change but mm. that's it for me and uh since there's no technotronic in here i'm gonna go ahead and uh say that uh now that you know what we did in video games this week let's see what the industry did in video games this week <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start off this week's news at number five. 
Payday 2 Studio apologizes over added microtransactions. Payday 2 developer Overkill has apologized for, quote, all the distress we've caused the past few weeks, referring to, of course, the community's frothing reaction to the addition of microtransactions to its latest game. It's been an unpleasant few weeks with all manner of abuse being hurled at Overkill and with volunteer Steam forum moderators going on strike. They pissed everybody off on the PC so much that even the, the, the forum moderators that were running their stuff on Steam said, no, thank you, not doing it. Wow. Yeah. Studio addressed the matter in a Reddit AMA a couple weeks back, explaining a decision to add microtransactions to the game after stating years ago that it wouldn't. But the anger hasn't gone away, probably because those microtransactions are still in there and haven't been changed in any big way. So the controversy stems from the fact that uh, when they put the game out, they said there will be no no microtransactions. To be fair, um, Overkill... It's a small studio. When the first payday came out, it was kind of a surprise hit. It was a mod off of uh, the Source Engine, if I remember correctly. Um, ended up being a big hit. Payday 2 comes out and ends up being an even bigger hit. And I own it on PC. I've played it quite a bit. It's a cool game, neat idea, and a very earnest concept at the outset. It's still well played, still well supported. But now they're putting in microtransactions when they said you know, really early on, this is never going to happen. We're not going to put microtransactions into the game. Ooh, yeah. that's a bad play. It never, bad never play. say never. Just in case something like this happens. Well, but see, that's the thing is, is that everybody's getting bold now because everybody's moving towards microtransactions, which I think is going to be personally, I think is going to be a big mistake. Well, yeah. You know, in the next couple of years, the bottom's going to fall out of that. You know, it's the the, you know. The California gold rush all over again. Let's all oh, run yeah. over there and find gold. Oh, fuck, there's yeah. no gold. <laughs> you know, I think that's what's going to happen. But uh, Overkill has issued a frank apology on Steam. They said, The past few weeks have been some of the most challenging in the history of this community. Players have been angry with us, media have written about us en masse, and our volunteer moderators went on strike. For all the distress we've caused the past few weeks, I'd just like to take the time to say that we're sorry. We've done a lot of things right in the past, but these past few weeks we screwed up. We need to get better at many things, and we will do our best to improve as soon as possible. Their efforts to improve include a, a two-hour discussion with three volunteer mods that went on strike. So they actually had, and there's a, there's a YouTube video where they, this discussion took place, and you can actually find that. Uh, this was originally published by PC Gamer, so um, you know if uh, we're going to have you know this in our, our um, on the website, you'll be able to see the link to this new story uh, as we give all of our credit for our new stories there. So you can just click on the link and find it if you want to check the video out. Um, so, um, just kind of what it was they discussed in the video can be abbreviated, uh, you know, in the article as well. If you don't want to watch the video, you can check that out. Um, in addition to that meeting, though, Overkill's arranged to meet with many of Payday 2's top modders and assigned eight Overkill developers to actively engage with the community in the Steam form starting from next week. Many members of that community have been predictably vile in the comments underneath the statement, including several calls of, fuck you, Overkill, <laughs> and at least one that asks the developers to kill themselves. Stay classy, Steam. Um... What do you think, man? I mean, are they inside their boundaries to, to stick microtransactions in? I mean, it's really their game. They can well, do whatever they want. Or are they being dickheads? Well, this is a weird scenario because, like I said before, never say never. Ne yeah. Never, ever, ever, ever say it never at the get-go because you don't know what's going to happen down the road. Yeah. And now that they've never, they did say never and then they did this, that's worse than it could have been if you went, oh, well, we may, we may not, we don't know. But the fact that they kind of stepped in, they dropped a big, huge, stinky pile of shit, somebody stepped in it, they screamed very loudly about their distaste for it, and now they're cleaning up the shoe, I, it may wash out, but <laughs> these people are going to have a bad taste in their mouth from here forward. You know, I, 
it's a shame because this was a decent game. It was not perfect. It had problems. It wasn't the most balanced thing in the world sometimes. Um, and I had some problems with the control in it, but it was a great idea. And it was the closest thing to robbing a bank most people are ever going to get. But I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like maybe they need to kind of take a, take a punch for it. You know, like maybe they should be punished a little bit for it. I don't, I don't want anything bad to happen in their studio. Nobody lose their jobs, of course. They put out a, a pretty good game. But I, I really think this this is a prime example of the fact that people deal with microtransactions because they don't have a choice. But people, when they have a choice, I don't think people actually like microtransactions. I think that they, they're used to them. And I think some people every now and again will drop a couple bucks on them if they have some extra cash. But I think if most people were given the choice, they'd rather just have a finished game that doesn't have all this silly bullshit in there that causes nothing but problems and controversy. It's usually overpriced anyways. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Any, any of you guys out there, if you feel like, uh, you know, microtransactions are a, 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 a thing for you, you know, do you, do you guys use them or not? See, my, my personal, like, credo on them is if I paid for the game... I, I don't want microtransactions. Yeah, I'm my, the same way. But man. if the game's free, yeah. I will take microtransactions up to what I think I should be paying for the game. Yeah. Yep. There are a couple of games that I have played that have microtransaction to them, but I do have a cutoff. I will not pay any more than the suggested retail cost of, of like $60, $59 is my limit for microtransactions in the instances in the past in which I've ever used them. And even then, usually, I don't get that far. Like, I yeah. don't use them that often. So. Yeah. Um, you have to have something really special for me to spend microtransactions, or you have to have a really good game where, like like Fallout Shelter, it, that game is not about microtransactions. They have a couple there if you want them, and even Todd Howard was very like, they're there if you want them, but really it's fine. You know, during during uh, E3, they gotta have something pretty special for me to want to support that game with microtransactions if it's a free to play game. Yeah. You know, so if I pay money for it, I'm with you. I don't want to. I don't want to see a single ad in my game. Yeah. I want to pay microtransactions. I don't even want to see a menu suggesting that I check out microtransactions. Yeah. Bury paid them. You. If you're going to put uh-huh. them in there, bury them in a menu, six menus deep, where if I want to search them out, I can find them, but I probably won't want to. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Well, you know, um, hopefully Overkill is able to rectify the situation, but something tells me um, people are going to be salty about it for a while to come anyways. Scooting on to number four this week. Blizzard caught in legal fight with game cheating company. Um, we did talk a little bit about uh, this when it was kind of brewing up earlier on this year. Um, but it uh, looks like it's boiled over into something bigger. So uh, this last week, Blizzard filed a lawsuit against the team behind a series of bots called Buddy, which allow users to cheat at games such as Heroes of the Storm, Diablo 3, and World of Warcraft. This week, the creators of those bots are hitting back at Blizzard, claiming the company has stolen their code, but Blizzard says they're not wavering. Uh, as Torrent Freak reports, Blizzard's lawyers allegedly approached James Apoc Enright, a freelancer working with the bot's creators, a German company called Bossland, and offered him a deal, quote, under which he agreed to hand over the source code for the StormBuddy software. StormBuddy is Bossland's cheat bot for Blizzard's MOBA Heroes of the Storm. Um, Bossland CEO Zwetan Lechu told Torrent Freak, Today, Blizzard acted in a manner as shady as possible for a multi-billion dollar corporation. We were informed that the deal compelled APOC to submit the entire source code of Storm Buddy, which is actually the intellectual property of Bossland uh, GmbH, to Blizzard. Strong words. Lechu says that, a str- that uh, as a result of the alleged acquisition of the code and the loss of sales resulting from the fact they've had to stop selling their cheat service, Bossland will be taking Blizzard to court in Germany. Uh, they want to get their hands on the details of the deal made with Enright, who as a freelancer was not in a position to hand over code he did not own, they say. 
This is far from the first time Blizzard and Bossland have gone or threatened to go to court. They've battled since 2011, and earlier this year, Blizzard was ordered to pay legal costs in a case involving gold selling in Diablo 3. And in May of, uh, May of this year, Blizzard banned thousands of players caught using Bossland's bots in World of Warcraft. Blizzard, as expected, sees things in a different light. While not addressing Lechu's uh, specific allegations in this case, a spokesperson for the company told Kotaku, um, Bossland's entire business is based on cheating, and the use of their bots negatively impacts our global player community. That's why we do not uh, tolerate cheating in our games, and it's why our players overwhelmingly support that policy. We've already won numerous cases against Bossland in Germany, where they're based, and despite their tactics to delay the ongoing proceedings and the related repercussions, we're confident that the court system will continue to validate our claims and ultimately stop the distribution of these cheating bots. We'll continue to aggressively defend our games and services within the bounds of the law in an effort to provide the best possible experience for our players. We want to use this as an opportunity to remind players who might not be aware, using bots such as those distributed by Bossland to automate gameplay in our games will result in a loss of access to those games. Um, what do you think, man? Are they, uh, Bossland in the wrong for doing this, or is Blizzard being too stern? Well, let's see. I'd have to say, go Blizzard, go f- fuck Bossland. If you're, that, man. Dude, if your entire business is about fucking over another business, uh, uh Kill or be killed, Blizzard. Go go for it, man. Knock them out of the park. Squash them like little bugs and get them out of the world. Honestly, man, I, I don't know how companies like Bossland even get heard in court. I don't know how they even put it out, put the code out there. If you're giving it away for free, what can you do, you know? But if you're making money on it and they're complaining yeah. that they're losing money yeah. on it, on a game that's monetized... Okay, fine. What happens if Bossland wins in court, either here or I mean in Germany? I'm not. I don't know the laws. You know, could be very handled differently over there. Okay, but in the states, okay, the, the intellectual property belongs to them. Blizzard makes money on it. If Bossland is still allowed to collect money, isn't a portion of that supposed to go to Blizzard? Shouldn't that a port, a, at least the majority of it? Yeah, go to Blizzard oh, yeah. as it's their intellectual using, property, and you're, you're using their product, leeching off of yeah. their game. Oh yeah. This is this is shady. I like the fact that they had the balls to come out and be like, "Well, Blizzard was very shady." You're fu- shady, motherfucker. <laughs> they, <laughs> they found some dude was like, "Hey, we're Blizzard. Here's a large check with a lot of zeros." And he's like, "Here's the code. I don't care." That's it. <laughs> I, I just don't understand how people in this day and age think that it's okay to to kick somebody's doors in and say we're, uh, we're planting our flag here. Yeah. It's that that old Eddie Izzard like, gotta, "Do you have a flag?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Like I don't understand that man. It should be. It should just. It, I would think that. Well, Bossland would walk into court and present their case, and the uh, judge would just be like, "Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. Go home! Yeah, exactly. Find something constructive to do with your time! Yeah. Stop wasting everybody's time and money! Don't be a dickhead!" Well, I think that's why they're keeping it in Germany, though, so they get the home field advantage. Maybe, maybe there is that man. Like, uh, maybe German laws are just structured differently. You know, they can be in their favor. But um, I'm not for this, man. You know, uh, no, this one is... of the biggest things in online gaming, uh, I hate, is just cheating and hacking. And I've yeah. had the arguments. I, I'm a PC gamer. I've had the arguments of people. They're like. Well, it adds another dimension to the game, or it's fun. It's not fun that way, or I want to play it my way, and they're limiting me into the way that. Well, that's fine. Then cheat on a server with other cheaters, man. Do that with other people. Don't don't impose your douchey will on other people who are just trying to play a fair game and have fun. What was it? Was it League of Legends that has the the open forum server now? The bad kids prison. No, no. There's a few. <laughs> there's a few games that are starting to so do we that just now. Covered but one. I think it was EverQuest too. Has like a test server. There we go. It's like jail, basically. Yeah. Like, I say we once covered you go it. there, you never come back. We covered it, and they were like, "It's a. It's like no rules, open forum." Yep, that's it. I think every everything every 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 MOBA or every MMO should take heart to that and yeah. make that server for like 
whatever the Hunger Games. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. that's it. So stop wasting everybody's time, man. Well, and of course, and everybody else take note because Blizzard stopped, uh, you know, stopped uh, reporting numbers for a while because they're low. So they're gonna start tightening the grip on you for not playing right because they want you to continue to be there which is precisely what should happen yes all right going on to number three this week a concept that i find pretty intriguing vr games especially horror could have peggy readjust its rating systems um so for those of you who uh, who do not keep up with gaming outside of the united states peggy is the uh the european equivalent of uh, the esrb it's it's the really? european rating system yeah why does everybody have things cooler than us yeah, this like, is like Peggy. Ours is Zerzb. Zerzb? <laughs> I don't know, man. Ours could be like, a, it almost, when I when I see ESRB written down on paper, it almost looks like fucking Lovecraftian, like Cthulhu bullshit, you know, like a, a demon name or something. I don't but know. But it's not as cute as Peggy. I mean, yeah, all I can think of is fucking <laughs> Peggy Hill. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> King of the Hill. Uh, all right, anyways, fuck, man. How did I, that derailed, derailed by the, the proverbial dick train of, of short attention spans. Um, rating virtual reality games may require rating body PEGI to reassess its evaluation process. The Pan-European Game Information, or PEGI, says that uh, it may need to re-examine how it rates games with the advent of VR. The rating body is particularly concerned about games that feature horror and fear elements. Um, PEGI should be examined, uh, should examine the coming wave of VR products using the current questionnaire, but reserve the right to reassess certain elements, PEGI Operations Director Dirk Bossmans told MCV. Uh, most specifically, the criteria around fear, currently rated Peggy 7, and horror as a non-violent scary uh, imagery, currently rated Peggy 12, once a broader range of products hits the market in the coming period of time. Due to the nature of VR, many regular elements in today's games have a negative effect on the player and could cause issues ranging from nausea to accelerated fear, which could potentially place said games in completely different age categories. Um, kind of an interesting argument. Do you... Um do you feel like having played VR, having gotten some hands on with ourselves, yeah. um, one of which was a, a horror title, albeit a cartoony one, do you feel like when you're considering kids, do you feel like these rating systems should be readjusted for horror games or graphic content given that it's VR? Do you think that given that it's virtual reality and it's encompassing in that way, do you think it changes the nature of just the difference between being on a screen? I have I don't know. I, this is this is a very very old old battle, and it's I don't know. I'm, I'm old school with not being a parent, and it, it's uh, you tell your kids it's a movie, it's it's a video game, it's not real. I don't care if it's strapped to your skull or not. It's <laughs> entertainment. Um, I feel like I feel like given certain types of horror games or how graphic certain things can be, I can see where they would want to make tweaks. To it. I highly doubt they'll do anything with the ESRB in the U.S. Um, I just don't see them changing anything about it here. But um, no, it, it, that's that's the furthest thing from their mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, it doesn't really matter in this country, anyways. There's parents who will buy their kids Grand Theft Auto Five to shut them up. So yeah, that's, <laughs> it's almost a joke. Horrifying thought. Um, we haven't even played games on there yet that are as scary as they can be in, in virtual reality. I mean, I've seen, Oh yeah. If I've you play some, outlast that? on that thing, you're going to poop your pants. Oh man. I've seen some modified video, uh, like, you know, there's a development kit version for, for the PC where you can play outlast on there mm -hmm. or alien isolation. Oh God, <laughs> dude. 
Uh, I want to play him so bad. I like for listeners at home. I'm terrified of sharks too. And there's a couple of like VR shark. <laughs> like I just I I need to do. It's like just, facing your fear, man. I need to do it. It's horrible. I just get this this. For some reason, John, a t-shirt and boxers in his living room with the VR yelling and screaming and spinning in a circle. And Megan going, would you stop playing a damn shark game? You see, know what it does to test, you. that's the you see. Because if she doesn't leave me after that, <laughs> then she will be mine forever. Um, no, no, I just, there are a few things. Like, I'm terrified of heights and flying. I, I love to fly, but it scares the shit out of me. So, like. You know what they need to make for you, then? That? A superhero or Superman. Uh, simulator. Terrifying. Well, they've got some for <laughs> for those those VR units where you're free falling, like you're it's oh, like jumping out of a plane. Everybody says it's really visceral and <laughs> surreal and kind of crazy. I would love to try that. Um, anything under the ocean or in the water, I'm for. Anything in space. Oh man, could you imagine just floating around in space all lonely? How claustrophobic that would be. Um, so no. Uh, which, by the way, for anybody listening, as of press time, um, when we did that uh, Oculus Gear VR uh, run through earlier this year with Mr. Danny Waskow. Um, he was using the um, Samsung Gear VR um, unit that was first released, and you had to have a, a, a Galaxy Note 4 in order to use it. Just this past week, they released their next version of the uh, um, blah, 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 the Samsung VR headset. Gear VR headset. Um, <laughs> it's 99 bucks. And it's the, the 5. And you can use it, and you can use it with the Galaxy S6 phones now if you want. Well, they had one out for the Note 5 as well. They do, but you can... I mean, a lot. so many people have the, the Galaxy phones. They wanted them to make, make it for a phone that we don't have to spend a fortune on or isn't huge, massive, giant. They've done that. Uh-huh. So you can now... And, I mean, honestly, if you already have the phone, a I'm telling you right now, a $99 investment for this thing, I, I would well, already well, own one if I had an S6. Well, 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 well worth the movie watching. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, it was so good. Yeah, and, it, and they're putting a lot of great things out on it. Um, this um, EVE Online... They did a, a, an Eve game on there, which it's, you know, it's yeah. all head tracking and stuff, but it's a space game. It looks really cool. That just came out for it. Everyone's saying that's a pretty from good game. From what I hear, the, the VR porn industry is starting to come up. That's what they say. Though, so, though, uh, Mr. if you Waskow, want private time. Mr. Waskow did say that uh, he was not very impressed with the porn. Yeah, but it's, com- it's coming yeah. up. It's, I guess it's, it's, it's moving its way up. It's a thing. Hey, man, everybody says that's what breaks an industry. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what makes home tech stick. So we'll see. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I could see where it would change the rating systems. Um, yeah, you know, because I mean, I mean, a flat panel television five to ten feet away from you and something jumping out at you, as opposed to something jumping out at you six to all up in your grill. Yeah, six yeah. to maybe six and a half inches yeah. from your face is a whole other ballpark. It's true. It's true. It's a mess. <laughs> like that'll make grown men scream like women. I can only imagine oh, what I'm, dude I'm Fairly certain I will soil myself <laughs> in one form or another. It's so it might be need to tweet. We'll figure it out. Megan, I need one of our son's diapers. I'm playing the shark game. <laughs> Oh, it's everywhere. Two oh, diapers, everywhere. two diapers. That's right, two diapers. <laughs> Bigger diapers. Bring me a pillowcase. <laughs> Bring me a sock. <laughs> this God. is taking a turn. It is taking a turn. Right into number two for the week. <laughs> Again. That's right. It's two weeks in a row you've made a poop joke into number two. Oh, my God. And it's two weeks in a row that <laughs> yeah. you've called me on it. Way to go, eagle eye. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> if you will, it's the triple deuce. It is the triple deuce. <sighs> The dreaded, the fated, the <laughs> mythical triple deuce. Even when Charlie's not here, we're talking about poop. <laughs> he's lucky, given that he's not here, that we're not talking about poop for the last hour. <laughs> you know, uh, Microsoft and Code.org launch Minecraft tutorial to teach kids how to code. Um, Which is not poop at all. That is amazing. No, no, that is not poop. Um, this is kind of a neat thing, really. Um, 
how often do you see companies team up to, to, to educate kids on how to do something? But uh, Microsoft has announced a partnership with Code.org that will bring Minecraft into the education curriculum. So uh, Mojang, the Sweden-based uh, game development studio that shot to prominence due to its work by Minecraft uh, on Minecraft, was acquired by Microsoft last year for a measly $2.5 billion dollars. Uh, founded in 2013, Code.org is a nonprofit organization that seeks to encourage computer science uptake in schools while offering coding lessons through its own website. Uh, now, Code.org is offering a Minecraft coding tutorial to mark its third annual Hour of Code campaign, which will run from December 7th to 13th during Computer Science Education Week. Um, aimed at learners in six, at six years and over, the tutorial introduces budding programmers to the basics of coding with Minecraft, the Minecraft platform. Gamers are given a set of 14 challenges to dig into the coding concepts they learned during the tutorial. This is fucking rad, man. This is outright just really cool. I kind of want to sign up for it. I'm above six. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, and I don't know, and I'm, I'm I'm infantile when it comes to coding. <laughs> That's true. Look, I I tried. Mister uh, Mister Ricky Keller uh, tried to teach me how to do a little bit of coding because he's a software engineer, yeah. and I I went to a couple places, free places, to try and learn to do it. It's hard, man. It's hard, and it's not. People, if it comes by you naturally, if you come by it naturally, rather, um, I, I tip my hat to you because it is not easy. To well, do. yeah, it's definitely it, it's definitely correctly titled a language. It is. Either you speak it or you don't. It's quite arduous. <laughs> um, I looked at it and went. <laughs> that was as much as I could get out, and uh, I'm pretty sure that that script did nothing. <laughs> my my son could slap the keyboard and probably get something more confident out of his coding than I tried to do. On my own, but hey, um, this is this is them. yeah. Like Microsoft, well done. Um, you bought the biggest thing to happen to kids since I have no idea what the last biggest thing. Probably the speaking spell. Speaking spell. You, yeah. That's the, the last big thing you think happened to kids. <laughs> well, I mean, from learning. From learning, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't even begin to know what the last thing because kids yeah. don't learn anymore. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> to, t- to take that, to buy it, and spend, you know. Couple pennies on it, two and a half billion of them, and then actually take your background and money and further it. And well, it's even, a really you know. smart thing too, because what better way to get kids to want to learn how to code than to say, "Hey, here's here's a look behind the scenes of what powers Minecraft, your favorite." You know. Oh yeah, like yeah. Minecraft is such a tool for children. It's yeah. insane. Like yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 well, it's modern day Legos. You know, it's 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 PC Legos yeah. is really you know what it is. And and then some. Yeah. It's it's you know it it's it's life in Legos. If you think about it, you gotta you gotta uh, collect things and and budget them and all sorts of crazy shit. There's there's a lot to Minecraft that goes under the radar. It's true. <laughs> Now, I would really be curious to see how this program ends up shaking out. You know, I hope it goes really well, and I hope the the wee little children learn something. But on that note, let's move on to number one this week. And what a hefty number one it is, man! Saucy, saucy, spicy <laughs> meatball. Um, a price of games journalism. Now, this isn't a news story so much as it is a uh, an open letter uh, from Kotaku art, uh, um, editor Stephen Totillo. Um, he's, he's saying that, uh, very openly and very controversially, he's saying that, um, Kotaku's essentially been blacklisted by Bethesda and Ubisoft, um, for, for some of the, the, I guess some of the, the practices that Kotaku has employed in the last year. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to read a chunk of this article so that you understand what it is they're talking about, but it's, uh, it's a little long. I'm not going to read the entire thing. 
again, you guys will be able to find this link in our, uh, you know, on, on our notes for the show, essentially on the, the front page of the uh, website when the uh, episode's published this week. For the past two years, Kotaku has been blacklisted by Bethesda. That's how the article starts, man. He's just coming That's out the first swinging. line? That's it. Wow, slapping it down hard yep. already. <laughs> the publisher of the Fallout and Elder Scrolls series. For the past year, we have also been, to a lesser degree, ostracized by Ubisoft, the publisher of Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and more. In those periods of time, the PR and marketing wings of those two gaming giants have chosen to act as if Kotaku doesn't exist. They've cut off our access to their games and creators, omitted us from their widespread mailings and early review copies, and most galling, ignored all of our requests for comment on any news stories. Neither company has officially told us that we've been cut off. For a time, it was possible to make a good-faith assumption that this was just short-term disagreement. Maybe their spam filters were misplacing our emails. Maybe they'd get over it, or perhaps they uh, feared a repeat of 2007 when then-Kotaku editor-in-chief Brian Crescente embarrassed Sony out of blacklisting this outlet for reporting the existence of then-unannounced PlayStation projects. The truth is that we've been cut off from Bethesda since our, 20, our December 2013 report detailing the existence of the then-secret Fallout 4. Ubisoft has been nearly radio silent since our December 2014 report detailing the existence of the then-unannounced Assassin's Creed victory, renamed Syndicate. I remember reading that article. I remember them saying that this was not an official release and this was like leaked screenshots and stuff. I remember thinking, man, there's going to be repercussions from that because <laughs> it was pretty bold. Um, when asked, uh, when we ask representatives from either company for a comment or, or clarification regarding breaking news, we hear nothing in response. When we ask them about their plans for upcoming games or to speak or seek, uh, to seek or to speak with one of their developers about one of their projects, it's the same story. Total silence. This has happened at a PR and marketing level leaving any developers at those companies who do not want to talk to us or who do not want to facilitate Kotaku coverage of their games to do so on the sly. It is, after all, PR and marketing who try to control how big-budget video games are covered. If they or their bosses don't value an outlet, that outlet is left out. We're far from the only gaming media outlet that has been blacklisted. It happens to smaller outlets. It happens to ones like Kotaku with millions of readers, too. It's not an uncommon occurrence in gaming media, though it's seldom discussed publicly. The Bethesda blackout came after a year of reporting that was not always flattering to the Maryland-based publisher. In April of 2013, we reported insiders' accounts of a troubled development of the still-unreleased fourth major Doom game. In May of that year, we reported that Arcane Austin, the Bethesda-owned studio behind Dishonored, would be working on a new version of the long-missing-in-action Prey 2, and that some of the studio were not pleased about that. When top people at Bethesda started making statements casting doubt on reporting, we published a leaked internal email confirming that those statements had misled gamers and that Arcane had indeed been working on a version of Prey 2. Um, you know, they go on. They go on and on and on. I mean, this is a long article, and, and he has a lot of thoughts about it. Um, this is kind of something I wanted to, to bring up and talk about um, because we are what I like to call adjacent to gaming media. We do not, to clarify for the listeners at home, we do not write the news articles that we feature here on the show. I conglomerate them for us during the course of the week, and we make sure to credit all the appropriate outlets you know, on our website every week. Um, but we, we do work around it, and we, we do kind of work with it. And it's, I couldn't imagine giving my honest opinion on something um, and then just being blackballed you know, um, for an opinion, but it's pretty common. You know, it's pretty unfortunate, but it's pretty common in, in gaming um, journalism. Yeah, I mean, it's business. It is definitely business. It's Who's going to buy a shitty game? That's <laughs> it. That's it. You know, I mean, and it's such a, it seems to be a slippery slope for a lot of it people. It happens on movie side too, though. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. It does. You know, people, people are like, oh, yeah, some critics like, this movie sucked ass. And then you never hear them review another movie from that studio again. <laughs> that's true. 
So it's it's all PR. Like yeah. you said, it's a PR level. So if the bad kids, I mean, and they've kind of done it to themselves. I mean, as a site like Kotaku, you know, you 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 know the game. Like yeah. it's 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 a game. It's a very very well known game that that everyone plays. If you do too many bad things, it'll come back somehow, some way, in in a bad way for you. Well, most of the time, it's they just cut the cord on yeah. you and say, "La vie, we don't need you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go over to you know Game Informer, who will wax our testicles in our car simultaneously wax for us." Our testicles, good God. <laughs> um, I, I, I or lady parts, if you want to go the gender well, route. I wasn't really <laughs> complaining about whether it was, it was balls or vaginas. It's just wax your balls. <clears throat> so frank, so honest. Yes, I just you know that's what it is like. <laughs> You know, hi, we're so-and-so. Oh, my God, you're the greatest game ever. Wah, 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 wah. And it's like, no. Like, I, to, I, to be clear to those <laughs> listening at home, Goats, wah, 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 wah. he was also um, motioning as if to imply uh, jerking off. So, wah, 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 means... Is uh, the audio version of a handy. It's a, the audio version of a handy. It's a reach-around, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it just depends on your tact as a as two businesses. It does. This is not the uh, the first time that, that these kind of problems have reared their ugly head in the world of gaming and gaming journalism. Um, we're going to move on to our feature, uh, where this week we're going to talk about some of those controversies in uh, gaming versus journalism coming up. Alright, so um, this week we're going to be talking about, uh, in this impromptu episode where it's just Goat and I, um, we're going to be talking about some of the, uh, the ways that um, video game developers have kind of clashed with, with um, video game journalists and, and a couple of examples of how that, that's been carried out in the past. Um, in light of our, our number one news story this week, at Kotaku complaining that they've been blackballed. And this is actually turning out to be a pretty big story. A lot of outlets, other outlets, not just gaming media outlets, are covering this this story because of the frank nature of the way that uh, Brian Totillo presented this argument on Kotaku. Um, do you do you feel do you feel like they were they were within their boundaries to complain about being blacklisted, or do you think they're whining? A lot of people online think they're whining. Well. There's 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 two sides of this coin and they're both a little tarnished. So the one side <clears throat> yes, Kotaku, we are in America, you can cover whatever you want. And you that's good journalism. Mm-hmm. At the same time, as as these companies um they also hold the right to withhold information from you until they see fit, and if you break that trust you get the repercussions of what they see fit. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on the issue because, like you said, good reporters are going to dig up news, and good reporters are going to be the ones to dig it up first. And while I don't think that Kotaku has any problem doing that, they've time and time again been really good about digging up news first. Um, it does a lot of these companies rely on the surprise. Of showing off their new thing in public at you know E3 or PAX or you know TGS or whatever it is they're doing, um, so I can kind of see it from both angles. Like I, you're you're taking the if I were part of a project and I were working on a game and I really mm-hmm. really really wanted to just 
unleash it to the world when I was ready for it to be seen, ready for it to be shown, and somebody stole that thunder from me, I would be pretty pissed off about it. Oh, yeah. On the other hand, um, and that's a whole other story, you know, topic is is security at these game studios. There's a lot of leaks that come from, from oh, yeah. you know, game studios yeah. these days. And so it's really hard to control that. Yeah. But just because you have the information doesn't mean you need to publish it. But ethically... It's a question of ethics, I think, is really the thing. Well, it's a question of clicks. Well, that's, it's a question that's of job true. at that point. I guess ad clicks. Yeah, I guess you would be an ad click hero uh, yeah. in Kotaku if that's the case. But I don't get the impression that was their reasoning for no, no. The, the, they're, they've always gave me the impression that they're like the you know they're the the Peter Parkers of of the uh, the world. They get in there, they get the uh, the tough pictures and the tough stories yeah. and stuff like that. And as good journalists, you're supposed to break news sure, like that sure. as you get it. Like, I get the thing, here's the thing. But yeah. at the same time, as I mean, as somebody on the other side of it, like, you and me are both in the same thing. I would be extremely pissed off if somebody took this album and released the title track before I did. Yeah. You know, like, you guys are working on your album. How pissed would you be oh, if all of a sudden... I would be so bummed out, you know, yeah. if somebody did it without permission. Like, VS for Villains leaked the track. And you're like, no, we didn't. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But, but there's also a way to go about doing that. Well, I yeah. mean, we had... Um, Right after we put our first album out for VS Villains, we had somebody put up about half of that record on YouTube. Um, without the teasers, no yeah. idea. No, they put the whole oh. the whole songs up. Oh wow! Know? And they didn't consult us about it. They didn't ask us. And we talked to this kid, and you know, told him, "Look, we don't mind if you keep them up as long as you put links to where you can buy the record and or where they yeah. can find out more about it." Like, there's a middle ground. You you yeah. can you can go in there and be like, "Take my shit down, you little fucker," and, yeah. like, and then and then. Like you've pissed off a fan and somebody who's who who could have been yeah. officially but I mean like in the case of talking about Kotaku versus developers, the developers Especially these two developers. It's the, a fine line because Kotaku didn't have to post the leaked mm. information, but the developers probably could have handled it could be handling it more Yeah. Gracefully. You gotta remember at this top tier too, we're talking about, you know, Ubisoft and Bethesda. Yeah. And and we're, Bethesda in general, <clears throat> or specifically actually with the money they're sinking into this, fuck you. Like, Fallout sure, 4 sure. is mum. But, but, flat out. Like, yeah, you, sure. you, you, you utter those words, and the internet just lights up like a Christmas tree. But you know what? A lot of people, that, that, I could even, you could argue the other half of that, which is, it had been so long since the Fallout game came out, who was to say that at that time, nobody but, like, core Fallout fans would have been interested in it? But that was an indicator. That was free, that was free market research for Bethesda, you know, because the internet did light up when they announced that oh, possibly, yeah. you know, and there was some discussion of Ron Perlman yeah. being involved on one level with some of the narrative and stuff. like. And like, all that did was show people, oh my God, it's there, it's there. They didn't give out, they didn't do what they did with Assassin's Creed, which is give out screenshots that they should not have. Oh yeah. Even say, hey, this game exists, but don't, maybe don't give the screenshots out, man. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that to me is where the slippery slope lies with them on that. But you know, I mean, I don't think they meant anything by either of those instances um, necessarily. I mean, and Kotaku obviously is one of the biggest you yeah. know, gaming journalism outlets, if not the, the most respected. Um, though uh, that's a whole other discussion for me. I could argue the point that I, I think their writing's been really shoddy lately. They've been doing a lot of like clickbait junk, um, and a couple of their editors and at that that publication are they're still a business, John. I get it, man, but it's <laughs> you know they they operated a business and made money and grew without being. 
BuzzFeed for games, which bothers the shit out of me. Anyways, um, not <laughs> to bash Kotaku. Most of the folks there are it's still gonna like happen. fine articles. There's only there's a couple of editors there that I don't. They're I think probably hired for that sole purpose. Awful writers. <laughs> um, but anyways, so we wanted to talk about a couple of the other controversies on the heels of talking about this one. Um, yeah, this is definitely not the first yeah, go around. Yeah, not the first scrape, man. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the video gaming world has seen a couple of other uh, high, at the time, high profile, profile controversies, which is funny because... These are controversies involving people that probably don't remember them for who they were in the gaming world then, even though they were big deals then, and they have like roles in the gaming world now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with um, Electronic Gaming Monthly. A lot of people, I mean, shit, EGM was the source of gaming. You know, it went from like EGM to like Game Informer to Kotaku and GameSpot being like the, mm-hmm. the biggest outlet. And the precursor to EGM was Nintendo Power. Yeah, yeah, that's it, you know. Um, and there's kids right now going, what the fuck is exactly, an EGM? which <laughs> should give you, the listeners, an idea of the fact that... We're um, old. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm in, the, I'm in my prime. Um, that, well, yes, yeah, Gert, Gert, you're Gert now. <laughs> hey, Gert! <laughs> that Hi, Gert and John. I are... A couple of dirty old men. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a weird, yeah, that's yeah. wrong adjective. That's right, that's right. Experienced. I prefer experience. Is that what you call it? Well, yes. Dirty old man. Um, Electronic Gaming Monthly, um, which was a one-time huge publication, was... It was the it thing. Yeah, it was. And I mean, a lot of the, the, the editors there were there for a long time, and they mm-hmm. worked their way up the ranks. And at the point in which, uh, sort of the high point of that magazine, the editor-in-chief for Electronic Gaming Monthly was a fellow by the name of Dan Shu. Um, he went by Shu. It's uh, HSU. Um, so Dan Shu, he he was a, an important enough figure in gaming at one point that um, I think it was MSNBC used to do a gaming, a slight gaming segment where they would have a correspondent come on. And Dan Shu was the guy like on MSNBC doing these like news correspondence pieces to talk about games or what games were coming up and coming out. It was kind of a big deal for gaming oh, at the time. Pre G four. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, <laughs> or like right around the time that like G four came out came about. Um, so Dan Shu did an editorial in the magazine talking about um, various topics, uh, you know, familiar to to you know gamers out there in the world. But one of the things that he he did talk about was that um, Mortal Kombat's uh, publisher Midway Team and Sony Sports Games Division and Ubisoft allegedly all banned EGM um, from covering any of their products, and the reason apparently was that they didn't take too kindly to EGM's review coverage of their games. Um, still Dan Shu maintains that EGM quote, won't treat these, uh, products or companies any differently. Um, and have yet to confirm some of the allegations of the publishers, because again, here's another instance where publishers are not saying anything. They're just not responding, um, to the entire thing. Um, you know, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong. I, the very nature of giving a review for games is to be honest about the game. And the reality is, is a lot of studios publish shit and then don't want to take accountability for publishing shit but you can i mean you can't stifle someone's opinion but that doesn't mean you have to serve them anymore either what do you got what are you thinking i, I don't know <clears throat> there's 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 two different like there's the two sides of this coin still that this we got you know we got team a and team b and the journalistic side is you can't lie to the people if shit's shit you know you gotta tell them it's shit if it's platinum you gotta tell them it's platinum yeah right the metal not the games <laughs> company. Uh, <clears throat> that'd be weird if they only covered platinum games. But uh, but on the other side of it, the corporate like developer side of it is a review is also PR to get people excited. And if you get the nine out of nine on the insert game outlet here, more people will buy your game, which is more dollars in your pocket. 
So there's that morality conflict that, that that's very prevalent. Well, it, it certainly does kind of raise some questions about, again, it goes back to ethics, man, you know, and, uh, well, and what kind of business you're running? If you're if you're if you're a journal if you're a journalistic site for the dollars and cents, it's fine. But like you know that that you can do that. That's okay. But if you're like per se, we'll use the cliche term real journalist, and you know want to tell everybody the facts. That's also okay. But you kind of, I I mean that either way, you're doing a service for the people. Just how much of a service are you actually doing for whom? I yeah. guess is what it is what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. Um this is not this is not the only controversy though that's got a little bit of age on it. Um a lot of you guys out there who who look at video game publications may know of giantbomb.com. Giant Bomb is uh the website owned and uh operated by Jeff Gerstman, um who's who's got a really great reputation in the gaming community for being uh, one of the gaming good guys. You know, he's a really friendly dude and um, always seems to give his honest opinion of something, though a lot of people do think that his his criticisms can be kind of harsh, um, if not honest. Uh, Jeff Gerstman was at one time the uh, the editor in chief of GameSpot.com, and GameSpot.com um, is still a, one of the big um, you know gaming publications like Ezines out today. Um, I remember following them when they were teeny teeny tiny, and um, you know I'm talking like 1999. 2000 circa they were real small but I liked them because they were one of those companies that wasn't like they weren't one of the big guys you know what I mean these little guys coming up and uh, they got purchased by Ziff Davis um, media and then turned over to another company at one point and uh, during that that second company's ownership um, this is around 2007 Jeff Gerstman um, put out his regular video review at GameSpot for uh, Kane and Lynch the first Kane and Lynch uh, I think he gave it like a 6.5 or a 7 or something like that. I think it was a 7. He didn't thrash the game, hmm. but he gave it his honest review and had some complaints about it. Um, and honestly, not any different of a set of complaints than the average people reviewing the game kind of said. The problem was uh, Kane and Lynch was a lot of the ad space on GameSpot.com at that time um, was purchased um, by... by Kane and Lynch's developer and uh, and their uh, their publisher, oh. and so this problem came up where Jeff Gerstmann's higher ups pulled him in there and said, "You need to change your review. These people are buying ad space from us. It's, gotta, it's our website <clears throat> is whitewashed in their ads. You, bump you can't the trash up. <laughs> their game, and they're pissed about your review." He refused to change the review, and was subsequently fired for it. They fired him. And then that same day, took his video review down, re-edited it, and gave it a higher score. Okay. They edited his article, the writing that he put out. Um, you know, at that point, like up to that point, GameSpot had me. They were I. That's where I went for my gaming news. The moment that that happened, all credibility from GameSpot went out the window for me. Yeah. Um, and to this day, I I seldom go to their website for almost anything um, because I don't trust them. Well, they still have kind of a, a, a bad rap after that yeah they did because everybody's like oh where'd you get that and you're at GameSpot, and you're like oh and i'm like yeah, yeah. yeah they're not the most reputable a lot of their editors walked out over jeff gerstman being fired if, if you check out if you google this information you can find a lot about what happened at the time it was really interesting to watch this unfold in real time because there was nothing like it 
yeah. going on in gaming. There were no controversies like this in gaming versus media. It was all very pu- like private and kept behind closed doors, and this, this is where it boiled over into the public. You know, um, but they fired him. He went on to form Giant Bomb, and a bunch of the editors that worked at GameSpot left and went to work for Giant Bomb. To this day, a bunch of them still work there. A couple of them have left and moved on to other things, but, um, you know, Giant Bomb's been around for the better part of six, six, seven years now, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and is doing really well. Still a really well-respected site. I'll go there occasionally because I trust that what I'm getting from them is honest and upfront. But here's another example of a guy. I mean, you can you can still find on YouTube now, you can find Jeff Gerstmann's um, video review as it was before it was edited and taken down. It wasn't really, it wasn't much different than any other review for the game. And yeah. honestly, to be fair, A, it was a mediocre fucking game. And B, uh, does anybody else out there really remember Kanan Lynch until we started talking about it at this point? I think it's a long forgotten thing. Um, and the games themselves never really recovered. They did a second one and didn't sell really all that well yeah. either. You know, um, what do you think in this scenario? Jeff Gershman in the wrong on this or, you know, were, were they overreacting? Well, he did what he was supposed to do and he did, he reviewed a copy. At the same time, like, I don't know. It's, it's that weird thing where, like, this is, like, they're both right. Yeah. Because he did his job. He didn't do his job satisfactory to his employer because the employer was swayed by money, which they're trying to make as a business. He stood by it. He was fired for, I can guarantee, insubordination, which is a very open yet viable way to fire somebody. Um, then they, he, since he made all that stuff on their dollar, that's their property, they edited it and did what they were going to do with it anyways without him to whatever, to you know, appease the investor per se. Or yeah. the, the ad spacer. Yeah, yeah. So everybody was right given their roles. <laughs> mm. now, now the fact of the matter is I, I applaud him for, hey, I'm not going to do that. Fuck you, it's my work. Um, if you don't like it, you know, fire me. Yeah. They did. And then he went and started his own thing yeah. with his rules. I mean, that's, that's the way the to do thing, it. Is something good came out yeah, of it in the end? The way to do it. If you but don't at like the me, time, it was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because nobody ever... At that point, video games were still this weird niche hobby that nobody knew anything about. Yeah. Like, you know, there was no money. It was not an industry at that point. It was just this thing in, in media. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, it was kind of still at a development point where gamers took it seriously. Like, yeah. we, we loved it. We knew that it was this massive medium, but... It, it hadn't quite hit the fever pitch that mm-hmm. it's hit now. And so that was something that flew under the radar on a commercial level. Uh, this this Kotaku article is actually making, or like Forbes is talking about this Kotaku article. Well, so yeah. it's not like a, a little deal, you know I mean? It's really kind of making... Well, and Forbes is a gaming sector. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <clears throat> for sure. Um, so, I don't know. Um, kind of proof that, that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes when you're talking about reviewing and, you know, the the rigors of it and what's expected of people. I could imagine being an actual, um, an actual editor for one of these e-zines where you want to give your honest opinion. You know, I, I've recently, I, and I'm not going to talk about it in so much, but I've recently had a situation where um, I'm not thrilled with something that I've played recently and uh, I kind of feel like I, I should be. I'm a little disappointed that I'm not, maybe. Um and it tears you because you want to be honest, but you don't. You don't want to piss people off. You know. What yeah. I mean? um, it's 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 definitely this controversy is never going to go away. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's two entities doing what they're supposed to do together, 
that don't go together. It is an absolute like, dichotomy. Yeah, you have sure. to like run, you have to run parallel, and you're gonna cross paths every once in a while, and hopefully it's at a good intersection. <laughs> that is, that's a pretty good illustration of the concept. Yeah, you know, but um, I don't know, man. I, I really, I really am curious to see whether or not um, it, it, this thing's picking up so much traction that I wonder if Bethesda and um, and Ubisoft will have to say something about it. They aren't going to say shit. Ubisoft has been so, so good in this last year about trying not to make themselves look bad. They're not, nobody's going to say anything. I can guarantee both Bethesda and Ubisoft, their their marketing people and everything went into the PR thing and went, you shut your fucking mouths, just let it go over. It's just a nasty fart in the elevator. <laughs> nope. It'll move on. Nasty fart in the elevator. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. Like they will leave on their floor and we will continue on our journey. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because if anybody opens their trap on that side, it's just going to exasperate the situation and a whole new, you're just feeding the fire. That's it. Like you're, you're basically, you know, they've lit the fire. If you go into the fire seat, which you're, you're going to hit the thing, it's going to be filled with kerosene unbeknownst to you. It is very <laughs> unfortunate because a lot of, this is never going to go away. You know, this will always be a part of, of the creative process versus, versus the, the, the fandom of the creative process. It's always going to be a thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think it kind of unfortunately is what it is, you know, and uh, uh, I think uh, it's definitely not the last time we're going to hear something about this in the coming years. I mean, it will forever be the odd couple. Yeah. There's going to be a shift in, in who's, who's leading the journalism pack coming up. There's got to be a change. Nobody's really emerged in the last couple of years. There's so many people covering covering stuff on YouTube oh, yeah. and everything. We haven't even gotten to that part of it, the controversy of who gets banned for talking shit about games on YouTube with millions of subscribers. and like, That's a whole other fucking can yeah. of worms, so maybe we'll talk about that coming up in a future episode. But um, for now, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our feature and uh, move on to our, um, our mailbag for the week. Well, the thing is, is um, because we had to uh, prepare an impromptu show, uh, given given that uh, villains had to reschedule for next week, um, we don't have a fucking mailbag. Weeks and weeks of planning. Weeks Th- of planning. Thwarted um, by reality. It's, it's true. It's true. We do have an uh, uh, an email from uh, from our our wonderful wonderful songbird. Um, songbird, we're gonna save your email for next week for when the villains are here, um, because we 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 don't want um, your your wonderful questions and uh, mind teasing conundrums yes. to go to waste. Um, so and they carry over, so we're, we're just just we're gonna save it. It's true, it's true. So as always, we very much appreciate uh, yes. appreciate you taking the time to write in and um, create things that make our our brains hurt. It's wonderful. Yes, um, every week. Um, but we'll we'll do that next our, week. Our, 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 as Charlie puts it so uh, diligently, our uh, our fourth host. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The fourth the fourth host of this show. Yes, unofficial fourth mm-hmm, host. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, given that we don't have any mailbag responses this week, I'm instead going to move on to the beer week. Oh, that's right. We don't have any fucking beer this week. So there is no beer of the week. Um, well, we don't have a pony this week either. It's true. So. It's true. Like bar- uh, Barley. He's Barley and you're Gert. <laughs> Gert and Barley. God, I can't remember. Gert, Barley, and Phil and Flynn. Jesus Christ. It's an ugly, ugly affair happening uh, uh, on this show. It is a terrible tech death band. It is. It's not good. Those are going to be our band names. That's yes. what it's going to be. Gert. Uh, barley um moving on um charlie's usually our supplier for our beer stuff you know mm-hmm. like uh, you know he, he usually fills our bellies with delicious he beer did stuff. leave us some uh i'm sure he did man but um i i don't want to have to explain to him when when he's listening to the show in playback here to to do edits mm-hmm. i don't want him to have to figure out that i drank all the beer in his house 
uh, because you told me that. So let's pretend like it didn't happen. Yes, yes. It, it did come with specific, very, <laughs> very stingent and precise instructions. That's true. Reasonable. These so. four years, touch anything else and die. I'm like, okay. That's right. <laughs> and that is very reasonable for being that yes. way. Yes. I'm like, well, be four. Um, <laughs> given that there's no beer of the week, I'm going to go ahead and move on and ask you, Goat, what do you have coming up this week? Uh, probably more work. Uh, there's that uh, thing. The, the, the thing thing? The, the day. The, the fucking uh, bird day. Damn it. Uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, so we can tell how into the holidays I am. That's right. That's uh, right. Which is actually going to turn into recording Skylar's vocals day and weekend is pretty much what we're going to do this weekend. That is something to be thankful for. E- for who? I got to sit there and listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> Love the kid. Uh, Love my words. vocalist. But I just, something about vocals, and you could attest to this. <gasps> You just want to beat your head into a wall, and you hate everything you've done because you've heard the same line. I've been listening to my times. brother talk for thirty <laughs> years. You know, so it's. Uh, yeah. I'm oh, can I do it. that again? Oh, can I do that again? I'm like, no. One more time. One more time. No. Like, actually, <laughs> ironically, amazingly, my brother is he's pretty good with his takes. He doesn't, you know, he'll do a couple layers and he'll do a couple takes, but it doesn't take him much. He's very lucky that way. I think. Very. Well, then he's also the man behind the the board, so yeah. he knows exactly what he wants and what it's to produce. True. And he's pretty good. I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and go. That's true. So, yeah, we got that going on. Probably going to jump into the fire a little bit and do some Black Friday shopping and maybe incite some soccer moms to beat the shit out of each other and record it for YouTube. That's Might. Good. That's good. So, other than that, I mean... It's the American way. What um, do you got going on? I'm sure you have family day somewhere in there. Uh, this week, um, an, another final, for God's sake. Really? The week of Thanksgiving, they give you yeah, a final? I have a final that's due on, that's due on Monday. Uh, it has to be done then. Um, yeah. A final and a final project, so technically two finals this week, um, and then I'm done with those. Then I'm, I've got one more class I'm done with at, at mid-December, and then I'll be free of it until probably uh, spring. I'm not taking winter classes. Um, <laughs> I can't. Take a little breather? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, on top of needing a little bit of a breather, I just like it doesn't line up with my schedule right hmm. now, so I'm going to have to wait. Um, other than that, I am going to be working on a couple of other things. Um you know, villain related. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be working on some costume pieces, and we we took a break from doing all of that stuff. I'm gonna do that. Um, I've got um, a couple of other small projects I'm winding up to do, and and I'm gonna be selling some uh, some music equipment and probably some uh, a couple of my masks, my VS for Villains masks, the ones that I just don't wear anymore, or like the ones that I wore in the music video. So keep an eye out for listings on those um, for anybody that might want them. They they were featured in the music video, so uh, they're kind of kind of cool pieces to have. Um, Will these be then, signed? They can be, yeah. I, yeah, I think you should probably sign those. It's true. You to rub them on my butt if you want. No, I don't well, know if that'll lower the value, but probably. You know, uh, <laughs> good. Um, but the other than that, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do some gaming this week. Uh, I mean, I've been playing a lot, just in small bursts, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, forty minutes. I want to sit down and play something until my eyes are like bloodshot and I don't feel so healthy. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely want to sit down with the four day weekend ish. I definitely want to sit down at least one of those days and just. Wasted up well. I I want to I want to take a, a day, one of my very rare days off, coming up and just binge game until yeah. like I do that, and then I don't want to touch anything for like two weeks <laughs> after that. But I I feel the need to do that here coming yeah. up pretty soon. Just crush something. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm losing levels. I keep seeing my friends are all in double digit levels on Fallout, and I'm like, yep. I need to get my shit together here and like put some time into this. I think I'm gonna do that with Tomb Raider and just crush it. It's not. It's like a 16 hour game. I think uh, how long to beat rates it is a 16 hour game okay. approximately. I think I'm just gonna do it. Um, and then, uh, that's it, man. That's all I got going on this week. Now, next week, um... We're exciting. Yeah, next week we're gonna have, uh, V's for Villains in, uh, as was originally scheduled this week, which is, I, I'm actually happy that it worked out this way, because Charlie will also be back, 
uh, which means... They are coming directly from a con to the studio. The whole gang is going to be yes. here. Yeah, it's going to be fucking crazy, man. And uh, wow, we're going to have a good time. Like, we're, we were talking about this off air, but you guys keep showing up like right around this time every year. Because yeah, yeah. I got back from... I got back from tour last year. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was like mid. Yeah, it was kind of all the lead time. So yep, we're yeah. we're uh, we're a con early this year. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, so that that's gonna be uh, we're gonna carry it over from this past week for any mailbag responses. If you guys mm-hmm. have any questions for you know my band or my brother or or uh, Annalise, mm-hmm. if you have any know. hate mail that you blocked yeah. out all of your time this week to listen to Vias for Villains and it didn't show. Yes, please. yes, yes, please, please. Please field that. Feel free to let Goat and I know what a terrible job we did filling in without Charlie here. This, this show just doesn't work without Charlie. We can't do it on our own, even though we're doing it in his house with his equipment right now. We miss you, Charlie. God damn it, come home. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, send that stuff off. Um, this is awkward, though, because usually like I'm the one god, and it's you and Charlie filling like, the What cap. do we even do? What, what do we do? There's no, there's no Technotronicorn here. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're big boys and we wear big boy pants. We make it happen. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody will be back next week. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so having said that, if you like what you heard, you can find us on. <laughs> Fuck, Ladies man. and gentlemen, that, John has never done list. this in his life. <laughs> no, I think about it. That list. I'm going to put an edit in there. Okay. So as usual, and I'm going to try to do my best, uh, my best Charlie here, uh, you know, closing out the show. But if you like what you heard, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash uh, Gamerhead Radio on Google Plus at uh, backslash plus Gamerhead Radio. Um, you can find me at the Fallon Flynn on Twitter. You can find Goat at uh, Sir Goatsworth. Um, you can find us on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Uh, you know, you can download our, our app on the Google Play Store. You can, uh, or, you know, or whatever the rest of the shit Charlie says every fucking week that he has <laughs> well, memorized. Let's it. back up. You can also find us at Gamerhead Radio on Twitter, and Charlie is at T-E-K Charlie. That's right. Charlie's Charlie. at T-E-K Charlie. You can find us yeah, at two Gamerhead minor, Radio. Two minor things there. To, you can download our show on our website at GamerheadRadio.com, or you can use our podcast app. You can download that on, on Google Play. Google Play. Um, <laughs> We're on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud this week. There you go. See, Very odd. Swear to God. See, yes. it's proof Gonna happen. that SoundCloud <laughs> not being completely set up is not Charlie's fault. It's Goat's fault. It is all me. I will take the blame on that one. That's I will right. fix that SEP. That's right. That's um, right. Or your a podcast downloader of choice. Yes, can't is what you're looking that. for. That's an iconic line for the show at the end of the year. So, uh, once again, this has been uh, Trainwreck Radio. <laughs> Gamerhead Trainwreck Radio. Gamerhead Dick Train Radio? What? No, say no. We're trying, to, we're trying to end it on a happy note, not with dicks. You've been listening to Dick Train Radio. kitties i love the kitties it's just while i'm reading the news i typically i don't mind if they sit in my lap while we're doing the show regularly but while i'm reading news i gotta stay focused well that and she was she she purrs like a fucking harley she do